Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Let's go to Kirk Wagger now, who is the president of Wagger Global Advisors and the former U.S. ambassador to Singapore based in Miami, Florida. Kirk, welcome to the show. Oh, so great to be back. I'm, I'm, I so much appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to uh, at least like beam into my second home of Singapore. <laughs> well, we're always happy to have you on the show, Kirk. Uh, you and Crystal, of course, remain uh, near and dear to many of us here. And, and thanks for taking time out of your Saturday night. I know that uh, there's a lot going on this week in everybody's lives in the U.S., uh, so we appreciate you coming on this evening. Uh, as we look at this past week, uh, first some general comments from you about uh, as you were watching the inauguration and, and these couple of days since then, what's been what's been present for you? You know, I mean, listen, I, I have to tell you, I'm a bit of a romantic and, I'm a, and I am a little bit squishy on the emotions. So, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I have a friend of mine who was working uh, during the inauguration and they texted Crystal and I and said, what should I watch? And I was like, well, you need to watch Michelle walk in. You need to watch Vice President Harris be inaugurated. Mm hmm need to watch Amanda Gorman. Uh, you need to watch Lady Gaga. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. So but like, basically watch the whole thing. <laughs> but those are the things that really like, like Amanda Gorman just move. Yeah. I have to tell you, I mean, those of you who know me in Singapore know that I'm not someone who you would look and go, that's a guy that's prone to uh, poetry. <laughs> I was so moved by that. It, yeah. it, it, just, it just struck me so well. And, and obviously, I would, the evening part actually really hit me more. Watching the three presidents speak really uh, spoke to who we are. I, I probably re rewound Katy Perry's fireworks five times. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you still and, have a DVR, uh, right? Nobody else does. You had your DVR. You were using it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a YouTube TV guy. Oh, there I'm you go. Okay. Guy. Hi, Kirk. <laughs> this, this is Junie Lau here, co-hosting with Glenn yes. today. What did you think about the COVID memorial? Because everybody was so fixated on inauguration, inauguration, inauguration. And then within a few hours of, you know, touching down in, in D.C., uh, you know, President Biden and, and Kamala Harris, Vice President, uh, they were. Uh, this was even before they were still elects at that point in time. But they, 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 yeah. you know, they attended this amazing memorial at the foot of the the Lincoln mm. Memorial, mm. and then those four hundred lights on the reflecting pool. I think the world. I, I, I didn't expect it at all, mm. because everybody was thinking inauguration. And it's like twelve hours later, but here you have the spectacular, yeah. emotional, touching, and and yeah. you know everybody is talking about Amanda Gorman, and, and yes, you know her her poem is is it's just. Um, like Glenn said yesterday oh, no. on, on his show, you know, the more you read it, the more layers it unfolds. Yeah. But the person who, st who stood out for me really was uh, Laurie, Laurie Marie Key, the Michigan nurse. And mm, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like who, who's that? You know, she was the one who sang Amazing Grace at the, at the COVID Thank memorial. So, uh, and the light so. up, you know, uh, you know what, <laughs> what did you think of, of that too? Well, I, I appreciate you asking me that. So as Glenn knows, and you may not, I've been involved with politics for about 30 years. So what I've watched is people that would normally not go back into government coming back into this administration because of the moment we're at in history. And so the memorial and the um, inauguration were run by Stephanie Cutter, Adrian Elrod, and the advance, which would be putting all those flags down and the lights up, is a guy named Emmett Beliveau. 
I've known Emmett for 15 years. I knew him when he started making sure that the wrong people were not in the line for the photo because they didn't deserve to be. Hmm. And to watch how these, these young Americans have become older Americans, as we all have been, and they come back in where it, it's not really, it's a young man's game, but they came back. Or like, like this administration is the Avengers. And that was the first example of people coming back that normally don't come back into government because of the moment we are in history, because the moment we are as America and say, I'm going to do it. And I have to tell you, that memorial was something that struck me very, very, very deeply. And I think it struck all of us very, very deeply. I mean, sadly, where we are as a country, and I, I hope Singapore is not the same way, but there's none of us who don't know people who are touched by COVID. And I mean, when I say touched, I mean, like people who have died that we know. This has been an incredible year for America. And to see someone come back in that obviously believes in science, but also honors that loss was an amazing thing. It was I, amazing. I, saw, I looked at it as a, you know, as a former journalist. It, it wasn't about themselves. It wasn't about you know, the, the, the vice president-elect and the president-elect. It was about the American people and the people who had died from COVID. So it turned the attention yeah. on the people, which, which I felt as a prelude to the inauguration was, mm. was so important to, to remind people we have a crisis here. It's a pandemic. It's something to be taken seriously. And, and which is so unusual from the, the past country. four years of, of exactly. what the focus has always been on the president, tone, right? Total yeah. change of tone. And, and the light-ups across the country it showed, you know, uh, it's, it's everywhere. So everybody got involved, whether it's the Seattle Space Needle to the New York Empire State Building. Uh, churches were tolling their bells. Uh, you know, at, um, churchgoers were you know, encouraged to put candles on the steps of, of uh, cathedrals and churches. So it was, all a very, it was a moment that everyone could get involved in, in whatever way across the country, which, which I felt was you know, a great way to sort of kick things off and signal that there would be a, a change in mood uh, and in the country. I think the difference, it, it's very generational, right? So I'm 51, I'll, I'll be 52 in July, which means that in when 9-11 happened, I was 30, 31, give or take. And it was my generation that got hit, right? The, those older than us weren't coming into office before 10 a.m. in New York. Those younger than me probably didn't have those jobs. And people like me think of those moments of when we watched the second tower hit. Because the first tower, we were just wondering if it was an accident. The second tower we knew was intentional. And to see where we've come as a country, both good and bad since that moment, it really was you know, one of those cauterizing moments in history. Kirk, when you look at, now we're several days in to the administration, uh, the uh, president hit the ground running, signing a number of executive orders on the first day. Uh, They are now trying to look and and at least externally we're hearing about how they might try to uh, use Kamala Harris uh, using her skills to the best uh, ability. We saw Jen Psaki, the new White House communications director. She's going to be doing briefings every day except the weekends. Uh, There is a there is definitely an an a feeling anyway externally that this administration is going to communicate differently and is is ready to ready to go uh, when you think about these first 100 days it is always important for every president to maximize his political capital during these 3 months or so what do you sense will be the the upshot of how joe biden does that you know listen i i, I know that you are probably in my 
51 years on this planet, one of the, my favorite communication people I know. Thank you. But you have to communicate something, right? You have to do something. You have to, you have to give people like you, you know, underlying facts to communicate. And Jen Psaki has been a friend for 20 years. Her husband and I have been friends longer than she and I have been friends with. It, it's so frustrating to me that it's abnormal that someone who is competent and truthful <laughs> and transparent is a moment, right? It, it yeah. really too true. Like, like it, it, it's really maddening. Right? And there you're was gonna a headline have, the other day that said, you know, Jen Psaki pledges to give facts <laughs> to the American people. And I was like, like what? Uh, is this where we're at? To, you know, this is, the world has come to this where the press secretary has to, you know, reinforce the message that they will be presenting facts to American people. It, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I don't know if, um, if Steve has been on your show yet, but I mean, you know, Steve worked in the Clinton administration. Alex Feldman, who's coming on later, which I heard, is someone who is you know, work through all these administrations, all all of us want is someone who's going to be truthful and transparent. Mm. So, you know, I, I look at where we are today is it really is a new beginning, but it should have been what we're doing all, all day long. But I am not going to spend a minute talking about the last four years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about where we are right now because we have to worry about COVID. Yep. It's embarrassing to be an American to talk to from here, you know, and talk to people in Singapore who actually have done the hard things. As Glenn knows, my wife is a mayor. We have restaurants here that are getting killed. We have, you know, home businesses are getting killed. We have works that are being killed. We have all these things that if we had just done the hard things a couple of months ago, we'd be in a very different position. Yeah. And you know, that's very difficult to talk to my friends in Singapore, which is our second home, and, and watch how you've done it. Well, yeah. Kirk, um, the Biden administration has already hit the ground running uh, last week. It, it has already rolled out the calendar of what it plans to do. This month seems to be very focused on domestic issues. For example, this week they're going to talk about Buy American Equity uh, and elim- plus eliminating private prisons, climate change on Wednesday, healthcare on Thursday, immigration on Friday. February is supposed to be the month where you know they're going to talk about restoring America's place in the world. What, what do you think they will do? Well, listen, I mean, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed today was watching Secretary Austin's first call to be to NATO. Like, wow. Listen, I have to tell you, I I have friends of mine that are going into government that I never, ever thought like like people go into government to get the jobs they already have. Right. And to be part of the global conversation. And the one that I would even I can go bit by bit. But Ron Klain who is the White House Chief of Staff, was, I don't know what his role was, senior advisor, whatever he was, he was Steve Case's right-hand man. Mm, mm. So this is a guy who had been Chief of Staff for Al Gore, Chief of Staff for Joe Biden, the Ebola czar, and really had done everything. He's got kids in college, all the things. And I don't know that your, your listeners understand, like, really the most you make working for government is not remotely what you make in the private sector. But these folks are saying, I'm going to give up my career trajectory. I'm going to give up my economics for a few years to do what's right for our country and frankly, the world right now. Yeah. And I am watching 
person by person by person take these jobs. And I, I, it, it just lifts my soul. It lifts my soul. And you're going to see people who are going to be in positions of ambassadors and assistant secretaries and, you know, advanced people that, you know, you might not know what they're doing, but everybody that you meet that is working for this administration probably could make three times their salary in the, in mm. the private sector, mm. but they're doing it because they believe this is an important moment for America and the world. And I'm excited about it. What do you think are the, the priorities then on, on the world stage? I mean, we've uh, the executive order basically is, you know, has been signed. Uh, the U.S. Has, says it will rejoin the Paris Accord. Uh, it will rejoin the, the, the World Health Organization. Uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, interest as well as to whether or not the U.S. will uh, also return to the, well, it's now the CPTPP, you know, and, and that, that whole Asian pivot that Dr. Kurt Campbell uh, is now back, uh, I think, on, on the Biden administration. And he was uh, an, a key architect of that uh, Asian pivot during the Obama administration. So, Absolutely. yes, uh, you know, <laughs> there are so many competing priorities. Uh, February is the month that we're going to be looking out for very closely um, at what do you think will be this, you know, mm. how will the priorities line up for, for the Biden administration? Well, I don't know if you meant that to be such a thick question, but it was a very thick question because the CPTT, whatever it's called now, the formally known is a much more complex question because what is now in place does not have the, the labor and environmental protections that we fought so hard for when I was ambassador. So, mm. you know, the question is whether or not those folks who are those countries that are in that agreement now are willing to, you know, including Singapore, I might add, bring their game up because what happened, what, what the current, what the current deal is not what we negotiated. And, you know, we're out so, you know, people can, can make their own decisions. You know, what I think the priority, which has been stated all through the campaign, has been a return to our friends and allies. Yep. And, you know, I don't believe that we're living in a multi-polar uh, world. America is still the leader. Am I disappointed that we haven't maintained that leadership for the last four years? Yes. Have we been diminished? Yes. Is it permanent? No. And, you know, we are going through an inflection point in our history. We're about to cross a rubric where we are about to become a minority majority country in probably 2040. And we have some stuff that we have to work out based on our history. And, you know, Glenn's heard this comment from me before. We're the only country that honestly deals with our history of slavery and what that economic outcome was. There's no country in the West that doesn't have a touch of this and doesn't have an economic outcome from it. But we deal with it and we have a population from it, but it also affects our place in the global society. That, that shrinking back of yeah. yeah, that withdrawal from the international fora has been very regretful because you know then th that has also opened the door uh, for others to enter the space as well. So uh, I think that, that that growing insularity needs to be sort of 
you know, yeah. now pushed back. And I think we've seen it. it America needs to sort of reestablish its place in the world. Yeah, so most definitely. Kirk, in, in just our remaining couple of minutes, first of all, I want to remind you of something you said five years ago, a little over five oh. years ago here in Singapore. Uh, you were speaking at a Women's Day forum at the American Club in the old colonial room, and somebody asked the question, and I think it was me, uh, about uh, the growing movement toward Donald Trump. This was before he was elected. And you said uh, the famous quote, that the Churchill quote that you have given often. Do you want to, you want to say it or you want me to? I'd like to hear you say it because I'm not uh, sure what you're talking about. I'm worried now. America, America makes the right decisions after it exhausts all the other options or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's right. That. that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And finally, uh, yes, four years later, Americans have, have probably made a, a different decision than they did before, which uh, would be con- seen as the right one. The question to you, though, is as the former ambassador, we have not had an ambassador here in Singapore, as you know. Three Steph- years. Uh, for, for, <laughs> well, now for four years, four years Stephanie yes. Siptek Brown, not. Of course, as you uh, know, you brought her on and while you were ambassador, did a great job as chargé. Rafiq Mansour has done a great job as chargé in the the embassy here. What kind of priority do you think Singapore will place in the ambassadorial queue? And what would your guess be as to when we might see at least a nominee, an appointee uh, go through their their paces? So first off, the, the first part of your answer is it's a very high priority. I know that. Uh, for reasons that I'm not going to, you know, put on a, a a public consumption. I know that it is a priority. But what you have to understand is now you have to deal with individual nominees' background checks, right. and they take as long as they take. And so the frustrating part is, if you're an administration, for example, you can identify someone the day after you're in the office, and given people's history or, you know, for example, that you have a family trust. My friend mm-hmm. was, my friend was ambassador to Sweden in the first term of Obama. He came back and he became the uh, financier of uh, the Obama campaign. And then he went on to become the ambassador of the UK, named Matthew Barzin, mm-hmm. one of the greatest Americans I've ever met my whole life. Love him to death. And he was held up for five and a half months because of his wife's family trust mm-hmm. had an $800 interest in something in the UK. And some lawyer held that up. Right. This has nothing to do with the administration's priorities. It has nothing to do with which countries are important and which not. Some of this stuff is just so, I don't know, you know, esoteric that, 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 you know, my life was boring, so I just kind of kind of floated through, um, <laughs> other than my throwing elbows in politics, which was an issue. Mm. But, you know, I, like, it, you know I, I don't think any country should take their level of importance based on who's announced because there's work that's got to be done. And the difference between this administration and the last one is the fact that we care about that. Yeah. yeah. It's simple as that. Well, we will certainly hope that they get that. That, uh, as you mentioned, I know there are a lot of there are a lot of priorities at this moment in time, but certainly everyone here in Singapore has been uh, looking forward to having an ambassador at some point, and hopefully sooner. I was worried I broke the job, Glenn. I, I, I was pretty <laughs> sure that it's like completely 
Like they're like nobody wants it after what Wagger did to it. It's nobody can popular. nobody can com- compete with with the amount of engagement the amount of engagement you had with Singaporean people in government <laughs> and the great parties you guys threw at the ambassador. I remember those residence. parties. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Eddie>. <laughs> Eagles Crest. Kirk, yeah. uh, we well, have- so America. America is known for for a few things. It is it's it's fun. It's innovation. It's diversity. That's what we're known for. And if we can bring that to every country in the world, they will understand that America is still that special sauce that makes the work world go. And that's, you know, that's our goal. I think. There you go. Kirk, we have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we're bumping up against the top of the hour. But thanks so much for former ambassador to uh, Singapore, Kirk Wagger, also the CEO and president of Wagger Global Advisors. Appreciate your time today, Kirk. Please say hi to Crystal. Great to see you guys. Take care. All right. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.